We have been looking at the six woes here in Isaiah chapter number 5, not to discourage us, but to encourage us regarding the great task and the great responsibility of being salt and light in the day in which we live. And the verse that is before us tonight, just one verse, uh, if there's ever reason to be salt and light, we need look no further than the verse that we're going to look at tonight. And it's verse number 20. And I'm going to use a word tonight after I read the verse that when heard is most often thought of in a sexual connotation. And it surely has a sexual connotation and meaning. However, I want us to grasp the entirety of the meaning tonight and we'll give a definition of the word. But notice verse number 20 tonight. Let me give you the title of the message The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And tonight I want to bring us a message entitled, Woe to them who pervert. Now if you use the word as a noun and we say the word pervert, our mind automatically goes to a certain thought. The word pervert, the definition is a person whose sexual behavior is regarded as abnormal or unacceptable. We're going to use the word in the verb tense tonight, pervert. And the meaning is to alter something from its original course, to alter something from its original meaning or state, to a distortion or corruption from that which was first intended. And so when we understand the verb usage, the word pervert, uh, we quickly understand that there are times when even well-intended Christians can pervert the truth of God's Word. Right? Let me give us a few examples just to get our minds thinking. When churches ordain women pastors, they have perverted God's design for the office of the pastor and bishop, right? Think again of the definition of the word pervert, the verb usage there. It is to alter something from its original course, to alter something from its original meaning or state to a distortion or corruption from that which was first intended. And God's Word is very clear on what He intends uh, really for every area of life. There's no question, there's no ambiguity. God has set uh, His rules, His foundation. Okay? Uh, Homes. We spoke about this or we, we at least mentioned it Sunday. Homes which allow the wife to bear the headship or the lordship of Christ in the home have perverted God's design for the home in marriage. That's not a slight to women. That's what God's Word says. And we should be okay with that. Why is it that God's plan is good for so many areas But when you start getting into this man-woman in the home and in the marriage, you you got to walk on eggshells. We shouldn't have to. God's purpose is good. 
And God's role is good. Let me give, it, give you another one, just getting our thoughts on this word pervert. A nation that fixes its attention upon the financial and upon the military as means of success have perverted God's design for success in a nation. Why do we say that? What brings success in a nation? Okay, God, looking for another specific word though. Huh? Fear the Lord. Righteousness. Righteousness exalteth a nation. Right? And all those words that were mentioned go into that. But the Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. Not finances. Not the military. Righteousness exalteth a nation. And when a nation gets its attention uh, turned away from the righteousness of God and from obedience to God's Word, and we fix our attention upon finances and upon how strong our military is. Now, by the way, I'm for that. But if that's what we believe is going to make us successful, we have perverted God's design for success in our nation because it's righteousness. A pastor who allows the culture to dictate what emanates from the pulpit has perverted God's plan and purpose for preaching. What did Paul tell Timothy? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, excuse me, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And so when we allow the culture to determine what emanates and if we begin to cut things because we don't want to uh, come across as hateful, then we've perverted God's plan for preaching. Christians who accept profanity and nudity in movies because the movie has a so-called good storyline has perverted God's plan for us to be holy. I've heard that before, but pastor has a good storyline. Okay, well, there, there are other movies that have a good storyline that don't have profanity and nudity in them. I, I don't. We we get into this idea that I have to give up one for the other. We don't have to. I don't have to give up one for the other. Think about how our world perverts God's truth. Drunkenness is called a disease. Or sometimes it's just called good, clean fun. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. By the way, we'll see, we'll see tonight from the scriptures how drink perverts right thinking. Sodomite weddings are called celebrations of love. Homosexuality is called a civil right, while the preaching against it is called hate speech. The publication of pornography is called freedom of speech, while opposition to it is called censorship. You see how we've perverted 
It's exactly what verse 20 talks about. Would you look there again, Isaiah 5 and verse number 20. I want to give you three statements tonight about them who pervert. Woe to them who pervert. Remember the definition. The verb tense, pervert, not pervert, but pervert, is to alter something from its original course, from its original meaning or state, to a distortion or corruption from that which it was first intended. Now Isaiah 5 verse number 20 says, Woe unto them, woe unto them who pervert, who change something from its original intention and they distort it and make it something that is corruptible. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Father, help us tonight. Teach us. Just remind us. Father, I I believe we have a pretty good grasp on verse number 20 tonight, at least on the surface. We we understand. Um, It makes perfect sense to us because we see it all around us even today that people call good evil and people call evil good and Father, we understand that. But Father, I I pray that we would take it even a little bit deeper. And Father, that in our own Christian lives, we would never do anything to pervert your truth and your intention for anything. I pray that you'd help us with that tonight. We would never alter your truth your, your first intended meaning for anything tonight. And so, Lord, just, just help us with this tonight. And we'll surely thank you for it. Help our kids, help our teenagers, all of our workers tonight, everyone present on this property tonight. May you speak to us. May you use us to minister. But also, Lord, may we simply just be yielded to your Holy Spirit tonight to listen to what you have to say to us. And Father, to help us to be good servants, uh, good brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, we'll thank you for what you'll do in these next few moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, them who pervert, first of all, distort God's distinctions. They distort God's distinctions. And we have three examples right in the verse. They distort God's Distinctions. Let me ask you that. Is God a distinct God? Does God do all things well? Is God a God of confusion? Is God a God of ambiguity? Is God a God of clarity? Absolutely. And them who pervert distort God's distinctions. The distinction, first of all, between good and evil... The distinction between light and darkness. The distinction between sweet and bitter. Take your Bibles if you would. And we're going to go to a number of places tonight. But first of all, take your Bibles and go to the book of Ezekiel if you would tonight. Ezekiel chapter number 26. First of all, the distinction between good and evil. The distinction between good and evil. Actually, I'm sorry. I told you chapter 26, didn't I? Chapter 22, Ezekiel chapter 22. 
the distinction between good and evil. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions. Verse number 23, the Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. By, by the way, let me say this. Many times in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, who, who are the first people God goes after? It's the prophets. It's the priest. Because they're not doing right. And they're not teaching right. It's the prophets and the priest. He says, there's, there's a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priest have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. And notice this. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Okay, so right here there, there's a distinction, right? There's a profane and there's a holy, right? Y'all can talk, it's okay. It really is. I know you're probably tired. You're, you, you, Pastor, just be done. We want to go back home. But there's a, there's a distinction, right? He makes a clear distinction. He says they have put, and he's talking about the prophets and the priest. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. And have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. I'll give you an example. I, I watched last week just a real quick clip, maybe three, four minutes. A gentleman put together a little clip and um, he was asking individuals who watched, he said, he said, I want you to guess, is this a church service or is this a is this a Christmas program at a church or is this a secular Christmas program they have profaned mine holy things they have put no difference between the holy and profane can I say tonight and I don't know maybe I'll get some blowback on this I don't know I hope not but can I say tonight that rocking around the Christmas tree has no place in the church? It has no place in a church service? That's just your opinion, Pastor. No, I don't think that's just my opinion. I think there's a distinction between the holy and the profane. I think there's a distinction between that which is holy and that which is sacred. Can we use that word? 
that which is sacred and that which is secular? I believe there's a difference. And by the way, you would have been hard-tested to say which was which if you watched that video. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain. You say, Pastor, what's the, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. We are merging the spiritual with the carnal. And that's bad. We, by the way, I'll say this. We're merging the spiritual with the natural. And that's very bad. Instead of just saying, you know what? God saved me to be something. I am His workmanship, Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10, I am His workmanship created unto good works. He saved me for a reason. He saved me to be the Christian that He desired for me to be. He saved me so that I could be conformed to His image. Not to the image of the world. You see, and I'm going to take a little time out right here and just, just speak about something that has been... What's the word? Simmering in my mind for quite some time. You see, we, we've made the mistake when we think that the church is for the unsaved. It's not. Pastor, you don't ever want unsaved people to come to church. No, I want them to come. That's why we go out and invite people to come. But the church is for saved people. And the church is where saved people come together and fellowship and get helped and, and, and get strengthened to go outside of the walls and to reach the lost. And we've, we've perverted that so that, hey, I, if I want unsaved people to come in, then I have to make the church look just like the world so that it's palatable for the unsaved to come. And that's perverted. The church is for God's people. I was, I was talking the other day with my two boys, and we were talking about an issue, and, and, and one of my boys, my youngest, he said, but Daddy... He said, the church is for saved people. He's, he's listening. He's listening. He's exactly right. Do, do we want, do I want Jacob Turner to come to church? Absolutely. We wouldn't go back and see him all the time if I didn't want him to. If I didn't want him to be saved, if I didn't want him to come to church... But I don't change God's church, which is the pillar and ground of the truth, 1 Timothy 3.15, to make it palatable for somebody who's not saved. They need to walk in and see something different. Look at verse 28. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. People of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And we know verse 30. Verse 30 is a famous verse. 
And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. It's God's people, folks. It's God's people. We are God's people, right? We're God's children. Verse 31, Therefore, have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions. Number one, the distinction between good and evil. Number two, the distinction between light and darkness. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're not going to stay here long. We, we know this passage. We've looked at it many, many times. The distinction between light and darkness. Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 19. The Bible says, Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. See, here's, here, here's, this should be our desire as Christians. That the world and, and maybe unsaved people that we know and, and unsaved people that we're trying to reach, that they would say, you know what, I may not agree, I may not agree with him, but I know without a doubt that he believes what he says he believes. Because he lives it. Because there's a difference. I may, I may not agree with them, but, he, but he's genuine in what he believes. That, that's my heart's desire. I can't say I always fulfill that whatsoever, but that would be my heart's desire. I, I don't want the world to agree with me, but I do want the world to see that, hey, he believes what he says he believes. And he says he believes the Bible, and he, he believes it. And he lives it. He doesn't do the things I do. He's not out at the bar on Saturday night the way I am. He's not. He, he, I, I never hear his family screaming and yelling in the yard. I don't ever hear that. There ought to be a difference. There ought to be a distinction. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions. The distinction between light and darkness. Verse number 19 it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Well, that's great verses, aren't they? doesn't mean that we can't have savings accounts upon this earth. But if that's, if that, if that's my heart, if my roots are so deep in, in this life, that's where my heart is. That's what verse 21 says. And then verse number 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Single vision. Eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But, verse 23 says, If thine eye be evil, Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness. Can you, can you comprehend that? 
Uh, that's, that's kind of a deep verse, isn't it? If the light that is in you is darkness, it's kind of like 1 Corinthians 1, the world's wisdom and God's wisdom. But he said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And today we live in a day where people put darkness for light. And we're, we're trying to say, no, 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 light, light, light. Light is light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He says that in John chapter number 8. He says it in John chapter number 9. I am the light of the world. No, no, Jesus is the light. Verse number 24. He says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions, the distinction between good and evil, the distinction between light and darkness, and then thirdly, the distinction between sweet and bitter. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs with me, if you would. Proverbs chapter number 5. I believe we looked at this verse Sunday night. Proverbs chapter number 5. The distinction between sweet and bitter. See, we, we try to tell our young people that what is sweet is coming to the altar pure. And the world tries to teach them that what is sweet, although it's bitter, is to enjoy instant gratification now. And those who are trying to shine the light and those who are trying to uh, proclaim goodness instead of evil. They're saying, no, 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 no. Come to the altar pure. That, that's sweet. <laughs> we were on the van tonight. 13-year-old girl on the van tonight. And she said, I'm so sad. I've spent 13 Valentines all alone. <laughs> and we were both were like, you're 13. It's okay. It's okay. I said, and, and I told her, I said, you have a Valentine, your daddy. She said, oh yeah, I really love my daddy. I said, there you go, he's your Valentine. But she said, I've spent 13 Valentines alone. But isn't that what the world teaches us? Foolishness like that? Look at Proverbs 5. Proverbs 5, verse number 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. That thou mayest regard discretion, and that, excuse me, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Now, what is a honeycomb? Is it sweet or bitter? Most of the, it's sweet. Do you see what it says? For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb. Sweet for bitter, or bitter for sweet. It appears sweet. But look what it says in verse number 4. But her end is what? Bitter. Her end is bitter as wormwood. Oh, but it's so sweet to have a boyfriend. It's so sweet to have a girlfriend when you're 12. 
Oh, it's so sweet to, to, to uh, have a relationship with a guy when you're 15 or 16. The Bible says her end is bitter as what? Wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to where? Death. Her steps take hold on hell. The distinction between sweet and bitter. Go back further, closer to where we are in Isaiah. And look at the book of Jeremiah with me if you would. Jeremiah chapter number 2. Them who pervert, pervert, let me use it correctly. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions. The distinction between good and evil. The distinction between light and darkness. The distinction between sweet and bitter. By the way, again, and this isn't the message tonight. I'm not going to, I promise you, I'm not going to run a rabbit trail on this. But isn't that why we have the transgender movement today? That's the devil's desire is to distort God's distinctions, right? Jeremiah chapter number 3. Or excuse me, chapter 2. I'm sorry, I told you chapter 2. Verse number 19. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backslidings shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing, and what? Bitter, that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. Sweet for bitter, and bitter for sweet. Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet that I'm not going to church anymore. I don't read my Bible anymore. And I have so much free time and so much time to do all these other things. And I I go play golf on Sunday. I I can do this on Sunday or I can do this on Wednesday night or, or, or the extra time when I'm not reading my Bible during the day. I can do this and this. I have all this other free time to do extra work. And the Bible says here, Jeremiah is speaking to the people of Judah and he says, Thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. And that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. Uh, Look a little bit further, chapter number 4. Jeremiah chapter number 4 and verse number 18. Chapter 4 verse 18. Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. What does the word procure mean? Obtain. Obtain means to get. Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness because it is bitter. Because it reacheth unto thine heart. Them who pervert, distort God's distinctions. The distinction between good and evil. The distinction between light and darkness. The distinction between sweet and bitter. So let me ask you real quickly before we go to number two. What determines God's distinctions? How do we know God's distinctions? His Word. Christ and His Word. And in John 1, they're one and the same, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay. What, what clarifies? What shows us? What determines God's distinctions? It's His Word. God's Word shows us what's good. 
God's Word shows us what's evil. God's Word shows us what is light. God shows us what is darkness. By the way, God tells us that we're supposed to be light. We just saw it recently in Psalm 119, 105. Thy what? Thy Word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto thy path. The Bible tells us what is sweet and what is bitter. By the way, in Psalm 19, what is sweet in Psalm 19? Sweet as honey. What is it? It's the Word. Psalm 19, uh, beginning in about verse 6 or 7 through the end of the chapter, great dissertation on the Word. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb is what? God's Word. God's Word. So what shows me God's distinctions? What clarifies to me and what demonstrates to me what is good and what is evil, what is light and what is darkness? And We're, we're skipping verses. If, if you're taking notes, let me, let me give you some verses for good versus evil. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. Romans 2, verse 4. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11. And Hebrews 6, verse number 5. Let me give you some verses for light versus darkness. John 8, 12, we mentioned that. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 2. I want you to turn there real quickly. I do want to see this one. Would you go to Proverbs 2 real quickly? Proverbs 2, verses 10 through 13. Proverbs 4, verses 17 and 18. Luke chapter 1, verses 69 through 79. It speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ being the light and bringing light to those who sit in darkness. But look at Proverbs chapter number 2, but we'll begin in verse number 10. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver, excuse me, to deliver thee from the way of the what kind of man? The evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of what? Okay, so what is it that's going to give us the wisdom, the discretion, and the understanding to stay off of the dark path, the path of darkness? What is it? It's God's Word. God's Word is where my wisdom comes from, uh, where wisdom comes from. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Light versus darkness. And then sweet versus bitter. Psalm 19.10, already mentioned that. And then James 3, verses 8 through 18, where it talks about the tongue. James 3, verses 8 through 18. Them who pervert, distort God's distinction. Let me give you number two. Them who pervert... Not only distort God's distinctions, but number two, they, excuse me, they abhor God's authority. They abhor God's authority. Look back at Isaiah chapter number five. And we're going to look at verse 21, Lord willing. We'll look at it next Wednesday night. However, I do not believe you can divorce verse 21 from verse 20. Would you look at verse 21 with me tonight real quickly? In Isaiah 5 verse 21, it says, Woe unto them that are, what? What's the word there? Wise in their... Next two words, own eyes. In their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Them who pervert abhor God's authority. 
Their attitude in verse 21 is the reason for the actions in verse number 20. That they are wiser than God, that they are wise in their own eyes. And so they say, evil is good, good is evil. They say, darkness is light, and light is darkness. And they say, bitter is sweet, and sweet is bitter. Why? Because they're wise in their own eyes. By the way, drop down to verse 24. You say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. Do they really abhor God's authority? Well, look at verse number 24 of Isaiah 5. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away what? The law of the Lord of hosts and what? What's the word there? What's another word for despised? It's hate. It's abhor. And despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Them who pervert distort God's distinctions. And them who pervert abhor God's authority. Let me give you three thoughts here real quickly. Why do they abhor God's authority? Number one, first of all, because they love money more. Because they love money more than God's Word. Exodus. Would you go there? And we're going to walk through real quickly. We'll go quickly in these last couple, okay? Exodus chapter number 23. Let's begin here. Because they love money more. Exodus 23, verse number 8. Exodus 23, verse number 8. And thou shalt take no gift, for the gift blindeth the wise... And, what's the word there? Perverteth, excuse me, perverteth the words of the righteous. Go a little bit further, Deuteronomy chapter number 16. Deuteronomy chapter number 16. Verse number 19. Deuteronomy 16, 19. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift... For a gift doth blind the eyes of the wife, the wife, uh, the wise, and pervert the words of the righteous. By the way, what's he talking about here? In Exodus, in Deuteronomy, what's he talking about? What word would we use for this? Bribery. He's talking about bribery. And so they love money more than they love God's authority and God's Word, and so they allow money to pervert their judgment. They allow money to cause them not to listen to God's Word. By the way, the word here in verse number 19 of Deuteronomy 16 is the word rest. Wrestle. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Judgment is judgment. God's Word is God's Word. You don't have to wrestle with it. You don't have to try to make it uh, fit what you want to make it fit. Just allow God's judgment to be just because it is. Let me, let me give you some more verses real quickly and then we'll move on to the second one. Uh, you, you're here in Deuteronomy. Look at, look at chapter 24. Deuteronomy 24 verse 17. Deuteronomy 24 17. Thou shalt not pervert the judgment of the stranger nor of the fatherless nor take a widow's raiment to pledge. 1 Samuel 8 Verse number 3, by the way, 1 Samuel 8, 3 is talking about Samuel's boys. Samuel's boys allowed money and bribery to pervert their judgment. Uh, Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 23. Micah chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. Because they love money more. Them who pervert 
abhor God's authority because they love money more. Number two, because they love drink more. Because they love drink more. Proverbs 23, verses 29 through 35. I just want to read one verse out of Proverbs 23. Verse 33 says, Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter... Anybody know the next word? Perverse things. Proverbs 23, 29 through 35, and then Proverbs 31, verse number 5. King Lemuel, his mom says, Don't drink. Why? Because it's going to affect your judgment. Because they love money more, because they love drink more. And then let me give you number three. Because they love self more. Because they love self more. Take your Bibles and go to Romans 1. This will be the last place we go, and then we'll, we'll come back to Isaiah 5 and we'll be done. Would you go to Romans 1? Because they love self more. Let me give you some, if you're taking notes, Isaiah 47.10, Jeremiah 3, verse 21, Galatians 1, verse number 7. In Galatians 1, 7, it talks about perverting the gospel. Romans 1, let's begin in verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed in unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man, and the birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women to change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Why? Because they love self more. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Verse 32. Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Them who pervert abhor God's authority. Why? Because they love money more, because they love drink more, and most really I believe most of all because they love self more. And then let me give you number three. Go back to Isaiah 5 and we're done. Them who pervert and distort God's distinctions... And I believe if there's, if there's one where we might get tripped up as God's people, it'd be number one. Number two, I don't think any of us would say that we abhor God's authority. Now, sometimes we allow self to get in the way. Sometimes we allow money to get in the way. I know that tonight. But number one, we, we, sometimes we allow God's distinctions to be distorted. We ought not allow that to happen. And so number three, look at Isaiah 5. We'll begin in verse 24. Really just read a couple verses. We're going to look at these more in depth in a few weeks. But number three, them who pervert fan God's flame. They fan 
God's flame. God's flame of what? Of judgment. They fan God's flame. Look at verse number 24. Therefore is the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff. If you're taking notes, write down Psalm 1 as well. Psalm 1 speaks of the chaff. Psalm 1 speaks of the ungodly. So their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust. You ever pulled up um, a plant, whatever it might be, it might be a, a flower, it might be a, it, uh, it might be a shrub, and you pulled it up and the, the root was dead, the root ball was dead, and you could almost just blow on it and be like dust because there's nothing there, there's no life there, it's just dead. And you can crush it, it's almost like a dandelion and it just, just blows. And the Bible says here in verse number 24, and their blossom shall go up as dust because, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts. And despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against His people. And He hath stretched forth His hand against them and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble. And their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this His anger is not turned away. But His hand is stretched out still. If there's ever reason to be salt and light, it is Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Because we see it all around us. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. Light is called darkness. Darkness is called light. Sweet is called bitter. And bitter is called sweet. And what people have done, what the world has done, and God help us not to do it, but what the world has done, they have perverted God's purpose, God's plan, God's design. Oh, let me say this. Everything, everything God is for and everything that God has created, Satan opposes. He opposes. And so naturally he desires to pervert, right? He did it in Genesis with Eve. It started from the very beginning. He perverted the truth, right? Eve, you're not going to die. By the way, yeah, let me just give you another example. Good is evil, evil is good. Um, a woman preacher watched a little clip this, actually last week. She said God, he, she said God lied to Eve. In Genesis, she said God lied to Adam and Eve. Because when they ate the fruit, they didn't die. No, they just plunged all of mankind into death. They're not still living, absolutely. But she, she said, she said God lied to them. And she praised Eve. And somehow in the message, she brought abortion in. But anyway, she was praising Eve for her, um, really, for her disobedient, tenacity is probably a good word, but her disobedience to God because he lied to them. There's your one. Yeah. Salt and light, amen? Salt and light. Because we have the truth and our world needs it. Woe unto them who pervert. God help us never to distort God's distinctions in his word. It's plain. It's clear. 
let's make sure we never do that. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the night. Thank you for your word. God, help us. Help us to be people who, are, who know the distinction, who are very clear between good and evil and light and darkness and sweet and bitter. Help us to be very clear about that. Father, help us to know what your word says about those specific uh, contrasts. Father, help us never to distort them. Father, give us a good night as we go home tonight. Lord, please give us safety. But Lord, even before that, I pray that you give us your ear tonight as we come to you and we pray and, and we come to the throne of grace. Father, hear us and answer us. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.